Hello and welcome to the Dime Alive podcast. I'm your host, Aloise Surfleet Middleton. Each week I show you how to build a life in alignment with your soul. I interview top thought leaders changing the world with their work. And I also show you how you can build a life in alignment with your soul, do your dharma, be happier, healthier, live longer and have a deep sense of unshakable inner peace. So without further ado, let's dive into the next podcast. to the Jama Life podcast. I'm your host, Aloise Surfleet Middleton. And this week I talk to world-renowned author, Patricia Corey. She's a channel for the Syrian High Council and she has written an incredible series of books, essentially handbooks for star seeds during this awakening period. So I knew Patricia would be somebody really amazing to get on the show. My mission is to help you have a 5D life in alignment with your soul and help you have a beautifully enjoyable ascension journey. So Patricia for me was somebody who I knew would give us so much wisdom. If you're listening to this episode, please do share. It's so important right now that we are shifting and lifting the consciousness of the planet. So the more we can get these episodes out, the more we can help people understand what happening the more we can shift the vibration of the planet the more people the we people we can wake up the better i will see you on the other side so hello and welcome to the dharma life podcast i'm your host aloise certainly middleton and today i have the most incredible woman who i have to acknowledge on air because she has been such a support to me uh, I have been reading her books throughout well before coronavirus started and it was like my handbook throughout the coronavirus wonderful situation so I just want to introduce you to this incredible author this world-renowned author she's a luminary and she is somebody who is doing so much amazing work in the world so Patricia Corey welcome to the Dharma Life podcast Thank you. I'm really honored to be with you and that you've connected to the books and they're for me. And I'm just delighted. I know we're going to have a great time together. Yes. And I really feel like we've got some other guests in the yeah, house. Very <laughs> awesome. <laughs> the houses. The houses, absolutely. So Patricia, for my audience, do you mind? Because obviously I've read your books. I know about your story, your activation, but I would love it if you could just kind of set the scene for our listeners around how you came to be doing this work. Okay, well, seeing as you're in England, this will resonate with you. Um, back in 1997, I had a gigantic, humongous awakening. And um, several things happened. I was already a healer. I was already, I had my own uh, center in Rome called LifeWorks. That was my, new, the first New Age center in Rome. Wow. And I did healing and everything. But my, just everything blew apart, open, uh, open I should say, because apart has a negative connotation. Uh, in 1997, I went to England. I was studying color therapy at a college there, a really serious program. It was a college, not just a workshop. And I had a dream and in the middle of the night. And it was so funny because we were in a dormitory situation. So I was in a room with a 
about five or six women in bunk bed kind of environment was a little goony being an older woman. But uh, so the reason why I bring that up is because I had this dream in the middle of the night and I woke up and what I dreamt was that I was flying over Stonehenge and looking down, I saw this huge spiral in the field next to it. And it was before I knew anything about crop circles at uh, nothing at all. So, um, I heard a voice say, pay attention. This is an interdimensional lock on point and it's going to be very important for you. Wake up, wake up. Oh, I just got goosebumps. Wake up. And so I woke up and I, you know, here I am with all these women. I didn't want to disturb them. So under the covers, I'm trying to scribble an image of what I had seen and the message. And the weekend came and we were um, going to Glastonbury to, uh, for, good old glass of berry mm. or a weekend, you know, break in the course. And I go into a bookstore and there in the store is the exact Whoa. same image of Stonehenge. And what we found out was the um, Julia set crop circle, which was probably the most important one that ever came down. Um, and when I said something to the woman, I went, what is that image? And she looked at me very mysteriously. And she said, it's the latest crop formation. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Crop formation? I thought that all I, I knew about crop circles was that I thought that they were supposed uh, burn marks from craft. It was very vague in my mind what, what was meant by them. So I hadn't paid attention. And, I, and this, here was this Fibonacci sequence spiraling. For those of you who don't know, 151 circles in perfect sacred geometrical format that came down in the middle of the day on the busiest, one of the busiest highways in England in the busiest time of the year, next to Stonehenge, <laughs> in the middle of the day. And the doubters down... <laughs> say it's just, you know, local people doing it. Or... <laughs> yeah, Doug and, Doug and Don or whoever they were. But the bottom line is that to see that come down, and we know for sure that it came down in a certain time frame because a crop plane flew over, and when he flew back, it was there. And it was a matter of maybe the maximum time that it could have come down was one hour. So somebody explained to me how in one hour, something, some people could have been in the middle of a field next to Stonehenge in broad daylight mm. and laid down 151 perfectly sacred. So for those people who don't know Fibonacci sequence, it's one, it's a ratio. It's a mathematic ratio, 1.618. Each, each size grows 1.618 to the, to the previous one. So perfect sacred geometry to that extent. And the biggest circle was, I think, maybe six feet across, seven feet across. Huge formation, okay? Mm. So um, the professor in the class, when he heard about my diagram and the, uh, the experience at Stonehenge, when we went back, he said, well, Patricia, it's obvious that's what you're really here to do. So I'm going to take you there. Wow. And I went into that crop circle and I fell into... I fell into it. I felt like something, someone, which of course I know now was someone, pulling me by the neck. And I barely got into that one of the circles and I fell down and I started spinning. I actually thought I was going to be sick. I was swirling, swirling, swirling. And um, I ended up going into losing my body. I could, I could hear music and then pop, gone. And I went on the galactic sleigh ride of the century and when i came back i really had a hard time getting back into my body i just couldn't relate the the, the 
I had been gone two hours. Mm -hmm. And when the professor came back to, to get me, he said, are you all right then? And I said, oh, I'm so sorry. I think I, I actually think I slipped. I left my body for a few minutes. He said, you've been out for two and a half hours, darling. Wow. Yeah, completely gone. And you were just um, lying in, this, in the crop circle, but obviously yeah. you've gone. Yeah, just gone. And when, of course, when I came back two and a half, late, two and a half hours later, when I came back to body consciousness, the light had changed, the weather had changed. It was a long time. Yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> and you know, uh, I'm sure that I got some kind of a tune-up in that incident because when I got back to Rome, it was still difficult. I flew back to Rome two days later, and I, I just had trouble flying. I had trouble getting settled back in, and I started. Um, I woke waking up at four in the morning and going to the computer and right. out, came, out came this information. And at first I, I, you know, having been a healer and a mystic all my life, one thing I wasn't terribly interested in was channeling or automatic writing or mediumship. I, yeah, it's not how I wanted to use my skills, but um, kind of just kept coming. So I stopped <laughs> And, the universe uh, had other ideas. <laughs> I guess, yeah. I, I know that I was uh, attuned in that in that incident, especially because I had been told in the dream, "Get ready, mm. this is it's a new dawn." And so uh, that's when it started. I started channeling the first book, "The Cosmos of Soul," and then you know I finished that book, and 24 hours later, they said the new the title of the new book wow. is. I'm like, oh no, no rest. <laughs> Because it's always a four o'clock wake up call. And I've been perfect doing time of the day. It's so quiet out there. Yeah, well, the council say that uh, it's the violet hour. They call it the violet hour. And in fact, that is the time of day or night, if you prefer, that the most number of souls pass in and out. Mm. If you look, if you, if you investigate deaths and births, the, that hour is the like, a huge percentage of souls come in and out. And the council, by the way, they're called, they call themselves the Speaker of the Syrian High Council. They say that it's because there's the least amount of interference. Mm. Because people are either sleeping, are asleep, yeah. up, you know. So um, it's been quite a journey. It's 23 years now and I'm still doing the work. So wow. Well, thank you for your work. Because as I said, like we just said before we came on air, you know, I mean, you've written these 20 years ago and they are just so profound and relevant for what is happening on our planet right now so they are yeah and uh, the new one is actually already it was uh, december 2017 so it's not quite new and i'm also writing screenplays i'm kind of a busy girl and uh, I, I think there's another book coming really along now i'm starting to get the buzz get ready it's kind of like mm -hmm, get they ready give the, they give you the heads up do they they do indeed they do so there are a couple of things that I would just love to talk to you about, like lovely to, because obviously these are terms and things in the book that I've read, and I think they'd be really relevant for our listeners. Sure. Um, our audience is very much about building a 5D life in alignment with their soul. You know, they're, they're doing the work, you know, they're doing the inner work, they're doing the shadow work, they're doing the inner child work. But um, I'd love you to talk about this concept of the desert days, because I know in the book, the Syrian High Council say that we're in the desert days at the moment. Do you mind kind of just expanding on that a little bit for yeah. our listeners? Well, they, first of all, uh, unlike most material that came out until very recently, the Syrians have always spoken about the fourth dimension and how we need to pass through that first. 
And so there's a lot of people that are talking about ascending to the fifth dimension and fifth dimensional consciousness, but the council say, well, hold on. You don't really think that you're going to go from the density of civilization as you understand it and the number of people that are really sleeping still mm. to this enlightened mass, because of course we like to think of it as ourselves and individuals, but the, the Syrian High Council think of it as earth civilization. So they say, you don't really think your civilization is going to just make this leap from the third to the fifth. What about the fourth? That's the clearing station. And that's where you confront your collective karma. Mm -hmm. And that means the karma of the entire global civilization from time immemorial and your personal karma. How you interact with the, the global karma has very much to do with your personal karma. So on your way to the higher dimensions, if higher is what we really want to call them, we like to think of them as higher, but they're all swirling in and, and uh, in symbiosis with each other. But uh, first we've got to do this difficult work of facing this karmic debt, this karmic knot that we have. And that's what's happening now. And that's what they refer to as the desert days. The desert days meaning, because I thought, oh my God, are we going to, is the earth, when, I, when they first gave me this information, I thought, are we, are we going, is the earth going to go arid or mm, physical desert? Or is mm. there going to be a war in the Middle East? I just, and then I, because they refer to it so often, I understood what they meant was the difficult aridity of spirit in some ways. And I, again, talking about the global population, not, not necessarily just the spiritual community and how uh, humankind has to confront itself and grow from it and heal the karma of countless wars, countless evil, countless rage, ignorance, mistreatment of the planet, and countless amazing wonder, amazing beauty, renaissance, art. Let's not forget there's two sides to karma. Okay. So that's what we're, that, that is what we are doing now. And that's what this moment is all about. We are in the thick of it in the thick of facing everybody, let's say everything that has controlled the planet, everything that has interfered with the planet, and the human race is called to rise above it, challenge it and rise above it. Mm -hmm. And so we are being challenged beyond our wildest imagination mm -hmm. with this, let's call it pandemic. And, um, in the process of facing how we feel about that, all the fear attached to it, because it's survival fear, isn't it? Of course, yeah. It's the utter shaper. survival fear. But the other side of it is the realization that we are being controlled to the point of slavery. So it's not just the fear of getting the virus. We've progressed from that. Now we're looking at the, the reality that we are, this is a wonderful excuse to keeping us enslaved and we want to know, how long is this going to last? We want to know, is this the new normal, as they call it? What does that mean for civilization? So there's, there's a lot going on. And the council say, uh, this is a, a, a phase. It, it, these are the desert days. And when you get past these, you will be at the horizon. And do they give any indication of how long the desert day period is? No, because it's very rare that you're going to get that kind of specific. That, that's more like like prophetic 
uh, fortune telling, if you will, than it is uh, a guide to the the energies of an environment. But they, it's imminent. It's sure. it's absolutely imminent because we've been in this struggle for quite a while now. Right. It's not just the pandemic. It's the realization that we have controllers on the planet that are trying to take humanity down, the new world order, and all that that involves. And so we're not, I want to be clear about this, the the desert days are not specific to the pandemic. They are specific to the realization that there are forces that are determined to take us into utter, total slavery. Mm. And you know what's great about that? The council say, you probably read it, when it's it, the more they squeeze you, they say, sure. the freer you become. Mm. So they are, and we are. Mm. Yeah, fantastic. And there's something you said I'd just like you to expand on, if you don't mind. You, you said, depending on our karma depends on our, our role as such, like as in um, what we're here to do in, in exposing the darkness. What I was, yes, what I was trying to say was that, you know, we, this evolutionary process we're in is not just about us as individuals. And we all speak frequently about the one, the one heart, the oneness of who we are, but we're, that's being tested because it's great rhetoric, but Mm. we're really being tested because we're seeing that if it's true, what the council say that we are facing our own individual karma in relationship to the global, the history, the entirety of our species. Okay. So it's not just because there are, there are people who believe that if they make the right spiritual um, growth, if you will, Mm. and the right path that they're regardless of what happens to the others, they're going to achieve a state of, five-dimensional awareness and the Syrian high council say actually the entire planet has to lift up yeah you know yeah we're all going and then of course there is the discussion that you read in Atlantis Rising where they explain that the sun is moving into the fourth dimension actually we're in it so we've got I hope I'm not ranting I like it Carry on. (laughs) we have not only the earth going through this revolution other planets are heating up Saturn is losing its rings. The Jupiter, the eye of Jupiter is changing form. The colors are changing. The speed of everything is changing on other planets as well, mm-hmm. which reflect the information that we got from the council in 1998-9 that the sun is moving into a, this new dimension, another dimension, and getting prepared to move through the fourth, just like us, and onto higher realms. So that's exciting. Absolutely. And it sounds like our ascension impacts the rest of the galaxy and the sort of solar system. So there is a kind of vested interest in what is happening on Earth, hence us having so much you know, intergalactic support. And, you know, it's so important for us to remember that these uh, galactic and these galactic uh, planetary bodies, celestial bodies, are conscious beings. That's a big leap for us to imagine. Mm. I mean, we call Earth Gaia, but to imagine that every single planet and every single star is a conscious being, at which they counsel drive home. They're conscious. They have astral cords, just like you. You are the microcosm of that reality. 
and they feel and they emote and they also rise mm. they also have kundalini experience mm. it's all wow. the same experience on different measures even of course that means even at the subatomic level within us Amazing. so there's a lot going on there's a lot going on absolutely but, but for our listeners i suppose the desert days essentially is a phase that humanity is going absolutely through. and yes. you know what what is on the other side of that i suppose is the dawn also, yeah yeah they make yeah they make no um the beautiful thing about the syrian revelations material is they give us a lot of difficult information to deal with and i think that's exciting because uh i don't want just happy land spiritual information i want to i want the broad picture i want to understand the whole vast spectrum of energy so they confront us with a lot of difficult things but they always always every single book and every single encounter I have with them, then take us to the higher understanding of how that, what that means, how that's evolving, and where we're going. So when they say, you're almost there now, you're, all, you're just going through the thick of it, and when you get to the other side, you will be in the dawn. And that is also the dawn of, of the age of Aquarius, which we know we've been entering, 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 and it's all happening. But this little crust, which is breaking down all the old systems and people a lot of people are clinging to the old systems because mm -hmm. they don't they're afraid they're so terrified of the unknown but nonetheless it's breaking down you can see it all around you and i personally feel that this pandemic as i affectionately call it is uh planned and that it's a ditch effort by the side that wants to keep humanity on its knees and it's just not working nothing that they're doing is working mm -hmm. because the light is brighter and the forces of the light are getting more verbal more in their power and more united and i'm mm -hmm. sure you feel this absolutely and i love what you said about the more they squeeze us you know the more we stand up which the, 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 the freer you become mm -hmm. what a beautiful concept the tighter they squeeze you the freer you become i'd like to elaborate that mm, please so in the generations and the years the decades where life is pretty easy and i mean i i've had some i you know i was a young woman in the 70s and the 80s man life was great on planet earth okay we were happier we were it was innocent more innocence but the truth is the council say that it's when you're up against the wall that you achieve greatness it's when you're up against the wall that you finally stand up and, and declare who you are and your uh, stand for your sovereign power otherwise it's easy everybody's got a chicken in the pot excuse mm. that, that uh, and you don't grow so mm. um, even though it's painful that's what we're going through and it hurts absolutely but break down to break through basically yeah. yes yes indeed mm, beautiful and can you talk a little bit about the the dna grid that was deactivated because i think that <clears> again because like i'd love to talk a little bit more about what's happening with our dna um and how we've been held down essentially uh, for a long period of time okay it's kind of a big question but i'll see what i can do <laughs> in a nutshell obviously <laughs> in a nutshell so um the Syrians say that we were designed and they were involved in the architecture of Homo sapiens. So we have, and they were involved, they called it the Syrian experiment. 
so that we were designed to be light-bodied beings walking, protecting Earth, guardians of Earth, and guardians of the entire physical uh, realm in our solar system, which is a little bit heady for us to understand what that possibly could mean. But light-bodied walking mean, meaning already five, six, even seven-dimensional beings that were somehow anchoring physical reality. And that was the blueprint of our DNA and uh, that there were involved light beings from different star systems and also three-dimensional extraterrestrial beings in that process. And they chose Earth to be the nest for this species because it was the Garden of Eden. Okay. And um, probably too long to get into right now, but a lot of people will have heard about the intervention of the Anunnaki that disrupted that um, experiment and interfered with the DNA. So we originally had 12 strands of DNA active, and that was light body walking, Christed beings walking. Mm -hmm. This is our heritage. This is one of the reasons why we feel so frustrated and disconnected, because somewhere inside of us, between the junk DNA and what we've got illuminated, we know all this, and we're going home to it. Uh, so the Anunnaki intervened and by using electromagnetic grids, which we know are encircling the planet and oh, they've used it in, in also in Atlantis, mm. part of the reason why Atlantis went down. Um, they were able to disrupt and disconnect or, or fray, let's say, imagine ropes of DNA just frayed and the information scattered. And, you know, even now... <laughs> Uh, the scientists refer to this junk DNA and they say that we're not, we're only using about 8% of our brain and that we only use about uh, 8%, 10% of our DNA is connected. And I'm like, well, of course, because it's all the same. Mm -hmm. That DNA that's unplugged is part is, was plugged into the part of the brain that they claim we're not using either. So science gets away with saying only science knows. And yet, they get away with saying our brain has gray matter and we have junk DNA. And I question that. It's like, well, if you're science, please explain to us what, why, where's the rest of the DNA? So we know now by the uh, use of this term junk DNA that we do have massive amount of DNA that they don't know how to identify and explain what it does. Well, here's what it does. When it's reassembled, it forms another 10 strands of DNA weaving into the double helix, we are actually reassembling the 12-stranded DNA matrix. And that is Christed energy walking. And that's what I've been doing. Well, I've been trying to help people get the third strand and even up to six strands reassembled. But it's happening as a natural process now because we are going through this shift. So a lot of people are, all, by nature of the fact that the sun and hence our earth are um, going through this immense shift in energy, the junk, so-called junk DNA is starting to rebundle, rekindle into, it's almost as if it's being called energetically back mm -hmm. to the memory of what it's there to do. How exciting is that? Um, that's incredible. And are there things, because I know, you know, if I'm listening to this, I'm thinking, well, how can I encourage that process? You know, what can I do to, you know, help activate myself? 
Well, there's a lot. And, you know, there are a lot of people doing courses. I think I did the original course because it was 23 years ago, guided by the council. And um, there's quite a lot that is going on as far as teaching people how to work with that. And I'm going to be putting it online. So I'm glad you asked that question because I'm making a the DNA course now to be an online course. But it also, for starters, understanding resonance and frequency is at the basis of everything. So if, you, if you're asking yourself, how can I activate my DNA? It starts with raising your frequency so you do not resonate with fear and anger and uh, but particularly fear because fear is a one of the lowest vibratory patterns that exists and that's why the powers that be want to keep us in it and to reactivate the dna you're talking about love consciousness well look at emoto Mm, cool. We all know yeah. Emoto's work. We saw the impact that sending love into the water molecules did to the, geom the geometric patterning of the water, hence the consciousness of the water. So in the work that I do with people, it's about uh, working with sacred geometry at the, at the cellular memory level and mind over matter as far as sending the proper information into your memory into your cells mm. and uh, many other aspects that include eating really healthy food imprinting the food with love i mean it's, it's pretty hard to not notice the difference between food that's cooked with love and mm. food that you're you're served in a restaurant mm. absolutely right so it's all about it's, it's so many things affect the just recognizing that every unit of consciousness within you is a welcome welcoming and embracing to patterns of thought and certain frequencies that redesign the geometry within it mm. and i know in the book it talks about raising your vibration through your thoughts absolutely well imagine the constant the constant not being good enough, which is the most frequent vibe I think everybody has. Everybody, we have it beaten into us mm. from childhood, from school, from being in competition, from not being beautiful enough, from from not being Vogue cover material. Yada yada, it goes on and on. And to unlearn that is so important. And to unlearn that you have to have someone else love you before you can love yourself. And all of this information gets stored in the DNA, it gets stored in the cellular memory. And so um, it disrupts the, the uh, sacred geometry, always using Emoto as a model. Yeah, makes the message, total sense. You're not good enough, nobody will ever love you, uh, I hate myself, oh my God, I ate a piece of cake, I hate myself. And it's just like, it keeps disrupting mm. and fragmenting the exquisite design of creation. So the, the, the DNA is I am creator's blueprint. And then our mental construct is you're not good enough. Mm. So we're basically saying cre creator isn't good enough. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done to change that tape and see beauty and love and forgiveness and all the things that we strive for and that we are certainly challenged to feel at this time. Mm. So self-love has never been more important when you put it like that. You know, it's, it Absolutely. gives a really different 
shift and slant on it. You know, it, it will aid your ascension as such. Yeah, it's like even, you know, the war, uh, the example I'd like to bring forward is the war about people who hate people who aren't wearing their masks or vice versa. Mm. And how they're caught up in this one-dimensional perception of good and bad. So it's like, you don't wear your mask, so you don't care about civilization, you don't care about other people, and it's really just so flat. Mm. And this just keeps going down, down, down. And people, in order to be doing this activation work and to be doing ascension work, people need to understand that the microcosm, so we're the microcosm of the galaxy, and then the subatomic world is the microcosm of our being. And it records everything, everything you ever think, everything you ever say. And whoa, we have a big responsibility to ourselves. Because as much as we can fight with other people, so a lot of people are focused on that, how to be kind, how to be accepting, how to be, not be a racist, how to whatever, forgetting that it starts with yourself. Hmm. Inside out. You know, that's everything. So, yeah, and again, this uh, time of isolation is giving us all really a moment of existential crisis to ask some questions we didn't have time to ask before and hopefully deal with them. For example, you know, I'll I'll give you a silly, silly example. So it was all the rage before the crisis that everybody was getting these ridiculous blow-up doll lips. The collagen lips, right? I mean, everywhere, just horrible. And then all of a sudden the masks came and nobody can see the lips anyway. <laughs> right? And it's kind of, I find a lot of humor in a lot of things. And I find, you know, a divine irony in that. That, you know, despite how miserable it is, there is growth, there is wisdom, and there is um, a divine plan to so many things. So people are painting, you know, they're making masks now with lips on the outside and it's absurdity. It's crazy. It's really absurd. <laughs> I've just announced here in England today that we have to wear masks when we go to uh, shopping, like go shopping. And um, yeah. No. Well, you're lucky. <laughs> We've been having to do that for weeks now. Really? Yeah. Most places have to wear them to go into a building. So you had, you had any cases even in those? We don't. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> so here's the deal. We, when this started, which is probably 10 weeks, 11 weeks now, um, we were told that they were going to stop flights to the island and mm. stop ships. And there were no cases. Then there were suddenly, miraculously, five cases. There wasn't the hysteria. We weren't forced into the masks, but almost everything closed. One supermarket stayed open, a couple gas stations, everything closed. So then they decided that, okay, we're going to up with the plastic dividers. Everybody had to wear masks and still five cases. Eight weeks later, still five cases. Excuse me, they're either dead or they're better. Mm -hmm. 
same five cases. Nobody's coming in or out. The ships, I can see from my house, I could see the ocean and I could see the harbor. And the ships just have to sit out in the water for three weeks quarantine before they'll let them into the harbor. Okay? But they won't let them off the boat. They'll let them into the harbor to stock up and then out you go. So we're in isolation and we have these same five cases. Um, finally, we're down to two cases. Nobody knows who these people are or aren't. And we're still wearing these loony masks. So there's a mandate and it's a European EEC mandate and probably United Nations mandate. And I, I just, you know, I don't want to get political here, but I don't believe very much of it. No, absolutely. <laughs> but just to summarize our conversation, because there's some really, really good points there. You know, it's really important how we hold what is happening at the moment. So yes, we're in these desert days, but this is a phase, this is a period. It's a period of breaking down to break through. So we can, we can go into our golden age. Uh, where we rightfully belong. And, you know, it's important that people remember this because there's a lot of fear and uh, a lot of hopelessness to remember that this is a cosmic event. Mm. This golden age, the, the dawn of Aquarius, this is cosmic. It, it's huge. Just trust it mm. and move through it with grace and know that this is, this can't be sustained. So we are, this is it. It's kind of like the, um, the final thrust. Yeah. It's been referred to as Armageddon. It's been referred to as the final showdown. And the Syrians call it the desert days. But uh, nonetheless, this is, um, we're about to get through this. Mm-hmm. And you know what I say? Oh, yay. I'm so glad I'm going to be alive for this. Mm, we get to experience it. Absolutely. Yeah, because yeah. for so long, I was working towards a consciousness shift. And I didn't really know what, you know, anything more than that. You know, I was working towards waking as many people up. And then when obviously all of this stuff happened with coronavirus, I was like, oh, get it now. (laughs) That's Uh, why I'm here. (laughs) It's really been a challenge. And, you know, I'm doing my best to help people stay afloat and um, see through it. And there are people that are utterly bound to their terror. But human beings have a, not a short wick, but they have a limited attention span. And you can only sustain that kind of fear for so long. So, you know, the same people that I saw here with their masks and their plastic visors and their gloves two weeks ago, now they're wearing the masks here and the gloves are off. And, and, and that is also why they brought in, you know, the terrorism and the... Um, oh, Lambie. Yeah, but we will be through... Uh, Call me an ultimate optimist, but I believe wholeheartedly that we are about to move through this. And, you know, I'm quite excited to see what's on the other side. Absolutely. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. And for me, it just feels like, you know, this, we're going through this process, but ultimately we know where we're going and where we're going, whether you like it or not. It's just We're going whether you like it or not exactly. And you know what? The dark forces know that. Mm-hmm. They know that they can't, they can't beat this. So they're swinging with everything they've got but their jig is up. They've had enough time to uh, rule, enough rule, and uh, they're losing. They're losing the battle. It doesn't look like it right now, but you'll see. Um, I'm with you. And how can people find you, Patricia? Because obviously I know you're supporting people, you're doing sessions, and how can people connect with you? Okay, thank you for asking. So my website is patriciacorey.com, 
And yes, I do clairvoyant readings and um, I do, I'm doing quite a lot of them actually. So they can write to me through the contact page on the site if they're interested. I also have a YouTube channel, but I can't explain it. Maybe we can write it out when you put it. I'll put it in the show notes, don't worry. Yeah, because there's a lot of slants and funny. (laughs) No problem. I can put all your links in the show notes. Uh, Thank you. But I, yeah, I'm activating a YouTube channel. I've been working on that for a while. I'm on Facebook and. and you mentioned your course as well. You're going to be doing some DMA. That sounds exciting. Yes, because I, I see a lot of people doing all kinds of weird. I mean, there's a lot of DNA information out, but, um, and people, I'll give you a little anecdote. So somebody wrote to me once and said, Dear Patricia, I have 144 strands of DNA activated. So what good could I possibly, what good can I get out of taking your, your course? And I said, Absolutely nothing. I said, the, the only thing I'd like to ask you is if you've got 144 strands of DNA activated, why are you using a computer? <laughs> yeah, why are you on this planet? <laughs> so, yeah, so I try to keep the humor going and keep people grounded because, you know, the, there's a tendency to get, you know, the spiritual ego going and then we lose sight of the ground of being, um, taking our steps and celebrating those steps. So I'm teaching three and six strands. DNA activation and I'm putting it I'm I'm preparing it now because obviously people can't get around and there's a huge demand for it so hopefully I'll have that up and running what is it today July 14th Hmm. soon a couple of weeks yeah they email you if you're very interested essentially yeah absolutely brilliant thank you so much I just want to add that Mm. I do actually answer people people are usually shocked to see that Yes, absolutely. But thank you so much. Thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed our conversation again. Thank you. Thank you so much for your book. So anyone listening and you really want to understand what's happening right now, this is uh, number three of the trilogy. But I highly, highly recommend just incredibly, incredible read and just, you know, the perfect accompaniment for uh, what is happening on our earth right this moment. Thank you. And it does also talk about the, the, the work of the DNA activation in that book. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Uh, really you. a pleasure having you on. Thank um, you. I hope when you get to the last book, we can get back together. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I would love to do that too. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. We will see you next week with another incredible guest on the Dharma Life Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the Dharma Life podcast. I do hope you enjoyed this episode. Please come over and say hello on my Instagram, our Facebook group. And also, please let me know what you thought. So if you are listening, please take a screenshot of the podcast that you are listening to. Tag me on Instagram and I will reshare your post. And please let me know what it is that you got out of today's episode. Remember, when we do our Dharma, we are happier, healthier, we live longer, and we have a deep sense of unshakable inner peace.